The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, you're, you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face. It's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today at which time he'll be live in that little area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you've got, and uh, look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and it'll take you over into the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live on Rumble. Uh, Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel on Rumble. And then we're also streaming live, and be sure to subscribe to that. And then we're also streaming live to beforeitsnews.com, um, top of the page over there, and we appreciate the guys letting us have a platform on their platform uh, because, again, they, they get a lot of traffic, and it's great to have that uh, going on. Uh, while you're over at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, uh, take a look at uh, there's a box up under where we're streaming live. Click on that. You can sign up for that with the email, and um, that gets you our daily email. It comes late afternoon or early evening. And that's all the articles we put out, including the Morning Show Archive. So be sure to check that out. I'll sign up for that. And then if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. It's right there on the front page. You can sign up. And uh, that goes out once a week. And you'll find out what the Sons of Liberty have been doing, are doing, or are about to do. And uh, that'll keep you up to speed on that. That's exclusive content only for our email audience. Now, one quick thing. I, you know, I had a lady the other day. And look, I, I'm, I'm very careful about some of this because I understand sometimes you're dealing with, um, you know, a weaker brother, a weaker sister kind of deal. Um, like what Paul talks about with, with those who want to eat meat or they won't drink wine. Uh, you know, those, uh, those who are stronger should be careful about the conscience of others. And I do want to do that. At the same time, I don't want to leave those that I, I would see as weaker in the, in a certain area. I don't want to leave them in their weakness. I want to, you know, I want to stir them up to grow and to be strong. 
And uh, so I had a lady the other day, you know, we played that version of Onward Christian Soldiers, which is not really, it's in a hymn book, but it's not really a hymn. It's it's like a it's like a battle song for, uh, you know, to encourage other believers. That's who it's aimed at. Onward Christian Soldiers, right? It, it, the song is talking to us. It's not talking to God. It's talking to us. And it's spurring us on to do what we're supposed to do. Well, you know, she said, oh, that's the devil's music. And, you know, if you can't see what I said, what's evil about the music? You know, what's evil about that? And she wouldn't. She said, if I have to explain it to you, then you're stupid. You don't have eyes. I said, well, I would consider a sister or a brother who comes to me to correct me to bring the word and to use it, not to call me stupid and a fool. Uh, And then she ended up blocking me. But just for those who would take that that opinion, let's look at Psalm chapter 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with heart. Sing unto him with the psaltery and and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a what? What is that? Is that just a somber little melody? No, it says play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of God. And by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So as it goes on, but the point that I want you to get is they weren't doing things, you know, oh, soft. They were loud. They rejoiced. And I think it can come in different forms of music. In fact, most people who would attack certain music don't realize that a lot of the hymns that you sing today that you think are so great were honky-tonk. I mean, that's that's the redneck word down here. They were honky-tonks songs. The melodies came out of the, the, the taverns and the bars. And they wrote, they wrote hymns to the Lord. So uh, just I just wanted to toss that out there because, yeah, I like music that lifts you up. I like music that drives you, that wakes you up. I don't want something to put you to sleep. Now, occasionally I may play something so, but, uh, in the pre-show music, but I want something that wakes you up, man. I want something that gets you ready to hear what we're talking about. And today we're going to do part two simply because uh, this week dad is doing dad duties and mom duties and everything else because uh, my wife and uh, the younger ones are all at a music conference this week. Uh, with uh, our brothers and sisters from the ARP that we're at. And uh, so I'm having to cover that, plus trying to rip out carpet. Uh, We have three rooms of carpet that's 20-something years old, so you can just imagine. Oh, it's just terrible. Anyway, this is part two. This would have been hour two yesterday, but this is part two. I thought this information was so important, and I think Joni did too, that I, or Suzanne, you know her. Her name's Joni. Okay, but her her pen name is uh, Suzanne Hamner. I have a hard time getting those things out. And she, I said, look, let's come back and let's finish these. We've got several other uh, articles that we want to do. And we started yesterday by debunking a particular article that Facebook uh, put on one of my posts to say, oh, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, quote unquote, has been isolated uh, that causes the convids. And um, it's been isolated by a number of people and all. And I went through it just briefly and I'm not, I, I don't know how to read medical documents and stuff like that, but I, I just saw some pro- some initial problems just on the surface. And I sent it to Suzanne. I said, can you take a look at this and tell me what you think? And she came back with a whole list of stuff. And then she came back with another list of stuff. And I said, well, let's do a show on this. This is important stuff. 
that people need to hear. And I don't think that message really got out as as far and wise as it should so that people are aware of what's going on. So I asked her to come back today and she said, yep, I'll come back today. We'll get that done because she's got to go too. And uh, so do I. So uh, it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Suzanne Hamner. Good to see you this morning. Good to see you, Tim. Yeah. Okay. So we've got we've got a lot to cover here. We covered quite we a bit yesterday. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go ahead and kick it right back off as to uh, what we're talking about here. Okay. We are talking about we're we're debunking the. Um, I think I, can we call it official narrative that you know this SARS-CoV-2 yes. virus, what they call as a virus, has been isolated, and in reading everything that. I have read, I don't see that because of what they're mixing in with uh, the supposed (laughs) sales that they use in order to try to come up with this. I don't, virus in Latin means poison toxin. I keep saying it's parasites. I still stand by that based on everything that I have read. I still think it's parasites. Um, So we're going to mention a few terms today that um, I used yesterday. So if you didn't see yesterday's show, then um, we you know, I'll give you the definition if I have to. Uh, don't mind doing that at all. But go back and watch the, the yesterday's show so you'll kind of bring you up to speed if you missed it for today. So we're going to start with uh, the on page two of my references. Uh, it's uh, called uh, Sequencing. Sequence-based identification of microbial pathogens, a reconsideration of Cox postulates. And when you go to page two, it gives you Cox postulates. So in these postulates, it's, it, it tells you, okay, the parasite occurs in every case of the disease in question and under circumstances when accounts for, for the pathological changes in clinical course of disease. The parasite occurs in no other disease as a fortuitous and non-pathogenic parasite. Three, after being fully isolated from the body and repeatedly grown in pure culture, the parasite can induce the disease anew. So what does he say? He's saying parasites. But we also talked about yesterday the autocatalytic process, which um, I gave the definition for that, which is increase in the rate of a chemical reaction resulting from products that are produced in the reaction acting as a catalyst. Now, this is what I got from Rivers that was out of the Rivers reference. But when you go and read all of this, you don't even see that anymore. They just totally dismissed or have left out autocatalytics. They interchange microbe, microorganism, um, bacteria for parasite. And in this particular article, the... um, Author used all three in changing around where parasite, they use microbe, microorganism, bacteria. So they interchanged the terms. So, okay, we all know what parasites are. Parasites are not bacteria. They're not microbes. They can be microscopic, but they're not what you would consider bacteria. It's different, has a different type of uh, mechanism. They can be vector-borne. Um, which you would know that uh, vector-borne would be um, malaria, malaria, which hydroxychloroquine ivermectin treats, sure. um, heartworms that dogs get, 
Uh, we had the same thing. Chlorine dioxide also treats yes, parasites chlorine dioxide as well. Treats that. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And as well as a number of other things, but we won't dwell on that. But when you go on page three of this uh, particular document and you look at the first column, second and third paragraphs, then you start seeing, okay, and you, you look at it and you read it and it's like, oh, where is um, pa parasites? Where is this um, autocatalytic process? It's not there. And then when you go into causation therapy and you read the last paragraph on the revision of Cox postulates, um, here's the last paragraph of causation theory. Unfortunately, Cox postulates have frequently been applied to issues of causation with a mathematical zeal that is not warranted in the biological world. A microbe that fulfills Cox postulates is most likely the cause of the disease in question. A microbe that fails to fulfill Cox postulates may still represent the etiological agent of disease or may be a simple commensal. The power of Cox postulates comes not from the rigid application, but from the spirit of scientific rigor they foster. The proof of disease causation rests on the concordance of scientific evidence and Cox postulates serve as guidelines for collecting this evidence. So what are they telling you? Well, okay, if they can't mix Cox postulates, what we'll do? We'll just change it. So this is where you get into revisions of Cox postulates, which is covered in the next paragraph. And it tells you um, the fundamental limitations of Cox postulates are no more apparent than when applied to obligate parasites. Hello, there's that word, parasites. Okay, so parasites cannot meet Cox postulates. Well, what did they, what did he, did Rivers propose? Okay, there are obligate parasites that get into the cells and that cause illness. Not virus, which the Latin meaning is toxin or poison, but parasites. Then those, then, and see, they interchange obligate parasite with virus. They propagate by usurping cellular machinery. Well, of course, parasites need a host in order to do their thing. But it doesn't mean it's a virus. Virus is poison or toxin. So <clears throat> let, me, let me ask something here because I can probably yeah. see some other people doing what I'm doing in my mind. Okay. And that is you keep referencing the parasites and then they kind of interchange those two things, mm -hmm. viruses and parasites. And the whole convids has been nothing but virus, 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 virus. And then when people started taking these medicines, which again, you know, Kate has said, okay, it's working, but there are side effects uh, to mm -hmm. using anything, even though the hydroxychloroquine, the ivermectin is, is largely made from something out of creation, they have synthesized mm -hmm. it as well. And right. so there, there's going to be a, an issue there. And that still supports big pharma, whether you like it or not. It still does. It does. But those things treat parasites. Mm -hmm. And yet in the news, when people went, to, oh, they're taking horse dewormer. Oh, mm -hmm. they're taking whatever. These are not these are not useful for against the virus. And yet they were they are there to deal with parasites. Mm -hmm. And that's why people were apparently getting better. 
uh, in all of this. And I want to remind people when I asked you, I think I asked you or asked Kate the other day about that. When they switch on the 5G, how it can create these parasites, it can really stimulate them in the body anyway. Mm -hmm. And so Kate is still of the opinion. I am, too. I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I think 5G has a big play in this. And I think it's I just going to get worse. I agree. <clears throat> I agree because you are bombarded by this, these wavelengths all the time. And it has an effect on your own body cells. It has an effect on the bacteria that you have on your body. It has an effect on the parasites that you have. It can't help but. So when you get into that and then you, then you get sick, First thing, oh, it's a virus, it's this or that, when it could be not that, but something else. But they always jump to the invisible boogeyman of a virus. It's hard to see, it, you know, you can't really um, isolate it properly. And I'm telling you, these isolation techniques, I don't believe are proper because of what all you're mixing in there and you don't know what you've got. Yeah, and, and people will see on the uh, on the video platforms when you go to Rumble and you go to our channel, you'll see the last two days I've taken the the images that they claim are are the COVID virus isolated. Mm -hmm. But again, if you go back and you you pay attention to what what we've been talking about, they're debris from the cell. They're not they're not a living organism moving around and doing its thing, kind of like a parasite or a bacteria that you would see actually doing whatever they're doing. That's not what's going on at all. And uh, so when they throw this out, they're they're taking a snapshot. And I mm -hmm. honestly, Suzanne, I think the people think they've got a virus. I think that's what many of these people think that they that they have that. But then there are other people mm -hmm. behind the scenes. I think they know. No, no, no. We're pushing this because this is our marketing to sell our wares, to sell our snake oil, literally snake oil. Well, it, it's like I said, you know, yesterday, if you're telling me that in this little conglomerate you have, and you've got this picture and there's this, this circle that's blank, but you've got all these little dots in there, and this is under the electron microscope, we looked at it yesterday, and you're telling me that is a virus, then why aren't you pulling it out and saying, okay, I got the whole thing right here, and we can work with it? That's not what they have done. They say they've done that, but then they're always testing for genome. Rivers postulates didn't mention anything about genome. Cox postulates, nothing about genome or RNA genome, DNA genome, nothing like that. It's always the entire uh, parasite or microbe. Okay. So why are we not asking, okay, and I, why, why is this happening? Well, I'll tell you why it's happening. It's because they changed these postulates and with the discovery of new viruses. And that's on page four of this document. And it tells you that that's what they do. But it doesn't mention anything about autocatalytics or autocatalysis, which we discussed yesterday, that could play a factor in maybe these parasites multiplying and causing a problem. Well, you get rid of the parasites, you get rid of the problem. Now, if you've heard Dr. Merritt, and she's she's been one that that um, has kind of looked at the parasite um, cause of 
you know, con the convids. I still call it the convids because they're trying to con us into thinking it's a virus, and I don't believe that. Uh, and their own papers don't prove that. But when you're talking about getting rid of parasites, you have to be careful how you treat them because uh, she was talking about how she treated hers. I'm not going to go into that because that she's got that out on video. But she talked about how she got off a regimen a little bit and then had a reaction because of what had happened. And in this reaction, it was an allergic type reaction. I'm not going to say it's an actual allergy, but it was an allergic type reaction where you got the runny nose, you got the feeling bad, you got the cough, you got the sneezing. What does that sound like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's why I said, you know, and, and she was killing off microscopic parasites. So, okay, well, if that's the case, well, why are we not looking at that? I don't know. No, I'm not the scientist. They're not looking at it. I'm just looking at their documents and finding what I find. Yeah, and I know there are some people who probably say, okay, we're three years on in this. Why, why are you continuing to do this? Well, because this is, in my opinions, Suzanne, and I told uh, before the first time that we had Dr. Lee Merritt on, I called the lady who was uh, scheduling her, and I was telling her about my interviews with Dr. Kaufman and um, and some others, and I said, boy, this makes a whole lot of sense what the guy is saying. She goes, oh, she said, I just, I don't think that shit. And she was a practitioner too. Well, by the next week when she got back to me to set up that interview with Dr. Lee, she goes, you know what? The more I've thought about that, the more she goes, oh, I see exactly what he's saying. And Dr. Lee, I think the first time she came on, she said, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. And the next time we had her on, she's like, yeah, he, I, I got that. I got to ask questions that I had about it and it made sense. And so, you mm -hmm. know, all of that works in a way. And I told uh, the lady at the time, I said, why are we hacking at the branches of all this other stuff instead of getting at the root. The root is the lie is there was a virus. Right. That's the lie. And That's if right. we can get rid of the lie, then we can see the truth and we can deal with it for what it is. And I still think that's the case today. And I think that's why this discussion about isolation is so important. And, you know, I would challenge anybody. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can sort it out if you're out there. I had one guy saying, oh, you don't know what you're doing. He kept trying to get me to look at all this stuff. And I, I looked at it and I said, I'm not convinced by it. Um, he said, you're looking like a fool. Well, maybe I am. But I asked people, get us a, get us an isolate. They claim all these labs have isolated. Get us mm -hmm. an isolate because every doctor, every scientist that I've talked to tried to get it. And I've talked to three or four or five of them who tried to get it. They yes. said they don't have them. Mm -mm, they so, don't. So who's telling the truth here? Exactly. And that's why I say be careful about looking at this coming from a lab in China. Be very careful about looking at that because this information has been very well controlled. The only papers that are out there are either by Chinese scientists or German scientists. I haven't found any that have really worked that was done strictly in the United States. It's always in conjunction. You, you may have U.S. scientists. They're always in conjunction with those from China. Yeah. So that's why I said be very careful because I don't trust anything that comes out of China. I don't think you can because of the way they do their the censoring their information. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. But in this next one that we have, I think it's called amending 
uh, Cox postulates. And this one, I want everyone to see the, um, the just, we're just going to look at that little gray box because that to me says everything that we need to say. And okay. In that Let me make sure I got the right one. This is the one okay. from science, uh, <clears throat> sciencedirect.com. Okay. I missed that. Yeah. And it's, uh, S zero one six six three five four two one six three zero two five nine five two five nine five yep yep okay two five nine five gotcha. and and when you look at that and and you read read the highlights there and that this says a lot of things so you've got to look at this in conjunction uh, with the abstract so it, and this is you know standard laboratory practice of amplifying viruses in cell culture can lead to genetic changes in the viral genome. Wow. So what is that telling us? Mm. Okay, let me explain. Supposedly, when you get this little little microbe or whatever they're wanting to call a virus, what their terminology, I don't like that terminology, but it needs a host cell to replicate itself and move on out. Okay, so what is it going to use? It's going to use the host. Well, once the host uh, it starts replicating and starts spreading out. Parasites do this as well. So when it starts doing that, isn't it using some of your genome at that point? So if that's the case, then when you're taking it from a person, you're really not getting an original. You're getting whatever's in that person that, the, that has used their genome, this parasite. And then however it gets to the next person, if it even does, because that's where autocatalysis comes in, is that this is already in there and there's something that triggers it. There's a, a chemical process that creates uh, a catalyst that then kind of activates one of the other products. So to me, we're still question it's still questionable to me about viruses, but I thought that was very interesting and then remember in the paper it said too you cannot propagate viruses in cell culture it said that and yet that's but what now, they tell us they do uh, here's the abstract <laughs> it is common laboratory practice to propagate viruses in cell culture isn't that interesting mm -hmm. when they say they can't do that yeah yeah, it's okay. very interesting. So, so what's the so, second what's the second one here? In vitro adapt, uh, adaption of viruses can alter the viral phenotype in vivo. That sounds like gobbledygook to me on this side of things. What does okay, that actually in, mean? In vitro is like test tube. Okay. Adapt, adaptation of viruses can alter the viral phenotype in vivo is in the body. Okay. And then what is this last part here? Scientists should be aware of possible consequences these processes may have on research and interpretation re results. That's exactly what you're talking about here. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you see what the title is, when growth in pure culture leads to a loss of virulence. Mm. So, I mean, so my question is, and, and I'm still questioning it, if all of these things are so... How in the world are you coming up with what you're saying? The scientists, how, how are you coming up with this? So, yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll remind people, this is, these are all, all the sources that we're mentioning here are mm -hmm. the sources that the Facebook self-appointed 
bought and paid for fact checkers at Health Freedom. What was it called? Yeah. Health Review, Health, Health Freedom Review, Health, Health Feedback, Health Feedback Review. Health Feedback, yeah. Health fe yeah. Feedback dot review dot org, I think is it is. Yes. The, these guys <laughs> have put together a paper that they're slapping on old, I'm sure it's an old post because I don't remember doing isolation here recently, but um, on Facebook and they're going back and they're saying, and they're putting this up so that when people would come to that that particular post, they would see this healthfeedbackreview.org article, go there, read it, that doesn't have an author that's attributed to it. And they're citing the sources for why they're trying to debunk it and saying, well, it has been isolated. And yet all throughout, it's riddled with this contradictory kind mm -hmm. of language yes. about what they're doing. And it seems to me they're just as confused about things as most people are about what they're doing. Looks that way to me because, like I said, I'm finding different things in here. And I want I wanted to look at this and I want, want people to see this because this is, I, I get a lot of stuff. This is from, uh, we're going to skip ahead uh, to the Nature article, which would be 2196. It's viral um, assessment of hospital patients with uh, COVID-19. Um, I am looking. Uh Okay, I got it. Virological okay. assessment. Yes. Hang on. All right. We'll if you pull that up, and, you know, this was done in Germany, and they absolutely, they corresponded with uh, Christian Drosten. You know who that is. He mm -hmm. was the one that developed this test. Yep. He also worked at the Charité Hospital. Does mm -hmm. anybody remember that? That was the yeah. documentary that Kate told us all to watch. Yep. Yeah. It was infamous in World War II. Wow. Yep. Uh -huh. And he created the diagnostic test that they are using, and that's the PCR test. But if we uh, go through this document and we look under RT-PCR, replication sites and infectivity, and we look at the second paragraph, first sentence, it tells you all patients were initially diagnosed by RT-PCR from oro or nasopharyngeal swab specimens. Okay. So RT-PCR is not diagnostic. Carrie Mellis told us that. So why right. are we using this for as a diagnostic test? That's one question I have. So then you go um, to the, uh, let's see, it's, we're going after the graph here. We're going down to the third paragraph of the last sentence. And look at here what it says. Whereas... The virus was readily isolated during the first week of symptoms. But remember, how did they get tests for it? RT-PCR. RT okay. Uh, from a considerable fraction of samples, and they give you that, no isolates were obtained from samples taken after day eight in spite of ongoing high viral loads. Hmm. What? What? So no isolates were obtained from samples, but they tested it with RT-PCR. So what are they looking for? Genome. I did a whole video on human genome making this RT-PCR test. And if you looked at the, which, you know, a lot of those references that I used in that video are now gone. They've pulled them down. They've pulled them down. But um, in that video, I showed that the genome that they said was 
the SARS-CoV-2 was actually also compatible with human genome 8 primary assembly. So what are you looking for? Human genome. Yeah, doesn't doesn't matter. They're not looking for, they're not looking for a quote unquote virus, a parasite or anything else like that, are they? Mm-mm. No, it wasn't that uh, part of the thing that came out right early on that they were talking about mm-hmm. genomes and stuff like that that were yes. that were in there and I kind of I kind of thought, well that's kind of odd. I mean, I'm not a doctor or nurse or anything, but it's kind of odd to me. Wouldn't that be something that would just be normally in things that are in people? I mean, I, I that's what I'm thinking. Maybe I'm wrong in that. I, I would just think, isn't that something, because it's your body, whatever's in there, isn't that part of what you're going to pick gonna out when you're going to have part of your genome in that. Yeah. Mixed in with that, okay? Now, remember, we went over a reference yesterday that said the sample that they got was 96.2% compatible with this bat virus out of Wuhan. Well, in the article of Zhao's isolation, uh, that was like 89%. Huh? So if, if you're all getting the same thing, how are you getting different outcomes? It's not being, re- you're, they're not repeating it consistently. You see what I'm saying? To prove that that's what, what this is. Which I don't believe it anyway, because like I said, it's not the, the genetic similarities that make the difference. It's the differences. And we talked about that yesterday, the difference between man and ape, 3%. Well, we're totally different creatures. So, But our supposed genetic makeup is 3% difference. So, like I said, they're, they're not consistent in their numbers. They're not even consistent in their measurements. And then we go down in this same article, uh, the, the Nature article, where they used uh, Christian... Um, Drosten, we go down here and we look. Let's see, where is it? I gotta find it. Oh, they keep saying there was no or only minimal indications of replication in stool. That's bowel movements. But you keep going, and, and like I said, you've got to keep reading because it will tell you. Well, we did ever got anything out of. We couldn't find genome in the stool. But he, see, because it says. Right there, that uh, no implications of replication in stool were obtained by the same method. So they didn't find anything. But then you come down again, it says stool and sputum samples remained RNA positive over three weeks in six of the nine patients. What? Thought you didn't get anything out of the stool. Wow. Yeah, they're inconsistent about everything of what they're doing. This is exactly right. This is why, you know, I... um, Said that, and then they also said, "If uh, let's see, where let me get my reference here. Remember, look, first paragraph midway down. Uh, let's see, viral RNA concentrations in stools were also high. That's you know, under viral load antibody response and clinical course, about midway down. But up here they said, yeah, no indications of replication in stool were obtained by the same method. Which what are they using?'" RT-PCR genome. So, okay. So, so, okay. Why is that not the case? I mean, I'm just asking the questions. I'm just asking the questions. 
Well, I think inquiring minds inconsistency. That's yeah. what inquiring I'm minds want to know. One of the interesting things, again, we go back to that we've mentioned time and time again on the show, is that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Um, mm-hmm. It's literally the the soul that's there, and right. um, you know that that were to that were to take care of it. I think my mind wants to go to this is why God told the people to do certain things. Um, it, there was there was a separation, there was sanctification, there was holiness in regards to what they were to do. Uh, my pastor was making mention of the guys uh, cutting the corners of their beards uh, in Jeremiah's day. I think they were cutting their corner, they were cutting their beards, and they weren't supposed to do that. Now I don't know what health benefit or anything like that had. That was that was a, something that God gave, but I do know the mixing of fabrics can sometimes mess with your skin. Uh, mm-hmm. The eating of certain uh, meats and, and such can mess with your insides. And so he yeah. says, you know, they, the people had understood even long before the law was given the difference between clean and unclean animals. And so, yeah. you know, and then when he gave the covenant and that's a part of that, he said, you know, I set before you life and death, choose life. And that was the whole point. And I think we've ignored some of that because we have liberty. And I, I'm not saying people shouldn't eat certain things, this, that, and the other all the time. But, you know, Paul indicates we can do some of those things. But some of this, I'll tell you, it, it's amazing to me, the stuff that they want to do. They're selling us a virus so they yes. can get something to put in our bodies to somehow save us from the virus. And yes. instead, what have we seen? We've seen a large majority of people who've taken these shots become yes. injured in some way or even dead. And the, the the Mockingbird media wants to tell us otherwise. They want to say, oh, no, no, this is just a this is a, a new thing. Sudden adult death syndrome. And you, if yeah. you guys remember years ago where they came out <laughs> with SIDS, the sudden infant death syndrome, that was a result of shots, too. Mm hmm. So it's like, boy, we haven't learned we haven't learned a lesson. They just wait a couple of years and they put it on a new generation. They they tell the same old lies to the to a new generation. And I want I want to go and I want to show people the pictures. This is out of, uh, and this is what I found really interesting. This is out of science dot org. It is five two two three. I want everyone to look at this because I. I find it very interesting because they keep saying, and we're going to go look at the pictures. I'm going to scroll down and look at the pictures. There you go, right there. And look at these pictures. And look at that. Now, okay, this is supposedly a cross-section of the virus where they took it and sliced it in two. Really? I'm sorry, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. It looks like a kid's drawing, if you ask me. But well, something <laughs> just doesn't look right to me. And then they they want to take oh, the other pictures down here are the um, like spike proteins, okay. But then when you scroll on down and you look at look at this, that looks those look like Surat dot paintings right there. But then they draw the the um the artistry there says oh yeah this is what this is well when i'm looking at that there's no way i can get that out of that were they using those nasa artists that gave us the the pictures of the earth i uh, must be 
Okay. But like I said, I'm so my thing is if you've got all this, this is just my thinking. If you've got all this and other scientists are wanting to study it, why are you not giving it out? But the answer is always we have no isolates. So if you have no isolates and you have no isolated product, what you want to call it, uh, a microbe, a, a parasite, a virus, I say it's a parasite. If this is what that is and they've got all this information and they're saying, yeah, we cut it open and we're looking at this, we've got isolates, then why is it no other scientists are able to get it? And we're talking about independent scientists to, for, to look at it see what it actually is there is none which leads me to question this whole kit and caboodle of a narrative so uh, here's the question i have these things yeah. are microscopic how yep. are they cutting them in half what are they do they have a special you know knife or something that they're doing evidently they do it doesn't tell you how they do it but they just tell you they take a cross section of whatever yep they tell you that it's, uh, I, I gotta tell I, you, it's I mean, almost I unbelievable. That either. That's why I'm questioning it. I gotta tell you, it sounds unbelievable. I mean, maybe they do. Okay, maybe, maybe. they do. I don't know, but I've never come across. I would love for one of these scientists mm. to come up and, and and say, "Yes, we have this process. Show it to us live. We can do this. Show it to us. Show, show me all the stuff. Love to love to see it. I mean, if you can, I've got no problem with saying I'm wrong." if you can show me but just the inconsistencies in the narratives and what they're reporting this kind of thing the saying there's no isolates um not even recognizing autocatalytical processes not even acknowledging parasites okay but we're going to this little boogeyman of a virus which is now some kind of little thing floating around that you can transmit from one to another well didn't they prove you couldn't do that in 1918 with the, the flu out supposed flu outbreak i mean they had they took snot i know that's a nasty term snot that's the only way you know I can just, from one person shoved it up another person's nose didn't get sick then yeah, they, they tried did nothing like, and everything yeah. nothing so what are we talking about here if it is this virus, this little invisible little microbe that hangs around in the air and you breathe it in and you get enough of it, are you not going to get sick? That's what they're saying. But they absolutely did it with these guys. That I think they were all in the military. Nobody could get sick. Yeah, but Dr. Kaufman the brought there? that up. There was like, th I mm -hmm. think, 300 different tests. They even yeah. had them in close proximity, face to face for like yes. five minutes and still couldn't get the healthy Nothing. guys to get sick. That's so it. what but they ended what up finding out, though, but let's let's go further. What they ended yes. up finding out, they Do we think. ended up finding out that a large portion of that was done through the laying of the telegraph lines. Exactly. And then the mass injection program yep. of the military. Yes, yep. that's what we yeah. found out. Yes. Yeah. And that's so, where the deaths came from was through the, yeah. the, the mass majority of those were were through the injections, although some of them. Yeah. I think that we had Dr. Merritt on and we were talking about that, that, you know, you had all these guys out in the, um, in the, in the rural areas when they came to the, uh, uh, the military base, they were getting sick and some of them were even dying yeah. 
because yeah. they were not used to the EMFs that were coming from that. Mm -hmm. And then you had a whole line where they laid the telegraph lines. You had a whole line of houses and everything around that. That's where people were getting sick too. Yes. And it, it's really interesting. And it makes me wonder, okay, has, has our creator built within us a re, an ability to resist and, and adapt to uh, these kind of EMFs thing, EMF things, because he knew when he created all things, wicked men are going to do this. They're going to put these things in and he's created that within us. And I, I think Kate's talked about certain, uh, I don't want to say organs. It's not organs. It's parts of our body uh, that are not expressed. What's those right. things that get expressed? Uh, they're small yeah. little deals. Anyway, she I said, what, yes, I can't think of the name either right now. There's like thousands of them in our body. And she says yes. they don't, they're, you know, we've had them expressed at different times as, technologies come out as EMFs come mm -hmm. out and things like this. And so it's like, we're, we were told these things must just be junk stuff. Well, no, the creator They're doesn't not. make junk. He's put it together perfectly and mm -hmm. we're the ones who end up screwing it up. So, uh, That's I thought, right. yeah, people need to understand that, that those things are there. And then even in this same article, this is, I do see all these wonderful little pictures. If you scroll down to where it's uh, the uh, viral load antibody, I think it's the name of the um, paragraph. It's way down there because you get all these other little pictures. And I, I question all of these, uh, but you go down and you, it's, uh, where is it? Oh, I'm I don't just, know. Okay, I'm down I'm at the bottom now. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find it. Gonna have to scroll back it up. It talks about viral RNA concentration in stools. And I wanted, but if you, take a look at this and you read it it's there if okay. you read it it is there yeah we'll have so, that for people yeah if you read it it's there but you look at the nice little pictures and i keep saying well you're looking at an electron microscope 2d 2d that's what you're looking at but they come up with all this three-dimensional pictures how nice yeah how they get that okay well they don't explain that so um yep so and and a lot of these if you will look at the end where they credit the the credits are acknowledgments funding and all you'll see a lot of stuff came out of china came out of germany uh in one particular uh, article it was the Lip libnitz Com supercomputing center the max Planck computer data facility uh so German Center for Infection Research. Yes, uh, all of this. So if you look at that, yeah, look at what you've got down there. Yeah, you've got a lot of uh, the authors are indebted to uh, G. Dobler and R. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce this, but this looks German either. to me. The Bundeswehr yeah. Institute it's for Microbiology. Mm. So my question is, okay, if we're supposed to be comp we're, we're supposed to be cooperating on this supposed pandemic. Uh, never was. They changed the definition. It never was a pandemic. But if we're supposed to be cooperating, why aren't these scientists sharing what they have with others? Even more important to ask If is, they've isolated, if they've done all yeah. the work, why are we not sharing? Wouldn't that be in the best interest if, if what we're really talking about is this deadly little invisible thing that's going to harm us all wouldn't you want as many people working on it as possible and yeah. that's not what's happened so that's why another reason i question it well and then we go back to the 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 china thing 
And what, uh, I, what yeah. I found interesting was, you know, Donald Trump was telling, oh, it's the Chinese virus, it's Chinese virus, Chinese virus. Mm-hmm. Didn't impose anything on China for letting it out. Didn't have any mm-hmm. retaliation for China. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, this thing's around the world. And everybody goes, oh, well, we have travel today. And we, yeah, we do have travel. There's no question that we have uh, speedy means of travel. That's not the issue. Mm -hmm. But when you got this stuff popping up and it just goes global, and then on top of it, you have governments in who are who say they're ideologically opposed, the West and the East, they're Mm -hmm. ideologically opposed. And yet they're following the same script, the same stuff. They're saying the same thing. They're pushing the same, they're pimping the same product. Exactly. And and so, and think about this. All dissent has been what? Quelled. It's it's been shut down. Any of us that put anything out on Facebook about it, well, you see what happens. You get fact-checked into oblivion. You get restricted. And I just said, I'm done with Facebook. I just said yeah i'm not even doing anything else with facebook because every time i've done something with facebook or put something out there i get fact checked i get restricted i get a warning i can't do anything so yeah forget facebook i'm done well and and it isn't just facebook i want people to understand that everything i got zipped on youtube well i can't do anything on youtube anymore yeah and the big ones were youtube twitter facebook Mm -hmm. but you go to the other ones that are rolling out getter Yep, Locals, same thing. Rumble, the same thing. You'll find you'll find that you can look at certain things and you can tell. Wait a minute, this thing right here should be out. There. I mean, some people should be looking at this. They should be taking a look at these things. And yet, you'll find they hardly have any views. And yet, they'll promote, uh, you know, some scantily clad lady, or they'll <laughs> promote, you know, the dog jumping through a hoop or a squirrel, like I put up the other day. I, I confess I did it. The squirrel playing the saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, so when you're talking about using these these mechanisms for information dispersion, it's important for you to have X for us and and for anybody who's putting out information to reach the audience is important for an audience to be able to find that information. And, you know, like I said, don't take my word for it. Read the documents yourself. It's like I did and say, well, this kind of contradicts this in the same document. Well, this document contradicts this one. They're using the exact same technique. One of them is even using to uh, isolate. They're using Dolbeco's modified eagle medium. That's a DMEM. It's like what? Okay, that's so that they're using a whole different thing. Most of the time, they're using green mon- African green monkey kidney cells. They're using cancer cells. Well, those are already contaminated with something. So they're they're saying, well, we can't grow it in cell culture. Then they say, well, it's grown in the cell culture because those HUH7 cells are cancer cells from a 57-year-old Japanese male who had liver cancer. So they pulled that out. Well, you're not putting that into a person. You're growing it in a cell culture. They say you can't grow it in a cell culture. Now, what is it? I mean, it's really contradictory. That's why I'm saying they haven't isolated it because then they mix it in with fetal bovine serum they mix it in with um streptomycin penicillin infotericin and you're like well what do you got in there 
And then you're going to give me this picture and say, yep, here it is. Well, that's not telling me it is anything. That could be the cleanup crew. It could be anything like we talked about yesterday. It could be a parasite. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. So you can't find what you're not looking for. Yeah. Well, and I think the whole thing is, is there's, there's a sleight of hand that's going on. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, there are many people involved in these labs I mean, it's not that they don't know what they're doing. They've been trained to do a certain oh, they thing, do. but they, they don't, they're not presenting, they're, they're doing what they're told to do or how they're taught to do it. And what's interesting that I find out is that some of these guys end up coming out because they go, okay, they started thinking about what they were doing and they started seeing the inconsistencies. I was trying to think of the guy, um, Lank, Lank, I can't remember the guy's last name, but he worked with the Dr. Kaufman uh, and others. And he was a virologist and he, he left that. Yes. And, and he left it because he said, wait a minute, there's no truth to this of what's going on. And this was a guy who was educated in that had done it for some time. And then he had done that. Suzanne, what I'm going to do is I may mention the squirrel of the sack. So I'm going to play that here at the end. Yeah. I, <laughs> for I wanna, people. I, yeah, please. And I also, I want to uh, make this known yeah, go ahead. also, um, as well. When you're looking at the funding of those that are doing this study and you look where the funding comes from, do you honestly, and you have to ask the question, aren't they going to give the results that whoever is funding them wants? Mm, aren't they going to give exactly them the results they want? Yep. That's exactly so that's why doing. I say independent scientists. Take about 20 seconds or so and tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, you can find me on Bradyon.com at Hamnerridout. Uh, that, like I said, Facebook gone now. I'm just not going to put up with it anymore. <laughs> uh, so uh, hopefully Substack will be up and running soon. And so will Odyssey. And those will be titled Hemner It Out. Okay. All right, Suzanne, thank you so much. I'm going to say goodbye to you off air. This is, um, okay. this is the squirrel here that I was referencing. <laughs> I hope this makes your day. You know, we deal with so much oh, serious hilarious. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. He should that be able to do funny. he should be able to do the whole song there. Anyway, that was just it. I hope that makes your guys' day. I mean, so, sometimes we're dealing with such serious stuff and the information is necessary. So that you can be discerning about things. Many people know something's off, but they like to see it confirmed as to what goes on. So with that said, uh, thank you guys for joining us again for day two of this. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. bright and early. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, yep, we'll see you in the morning. Lord willing. Adios.